Testament reading for today is Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. That can be found on page 911 in your pew Bibles. The day of the Lord, and afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. This is the word of the Lord. Today's New Testament reading is from Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, and it can be found on page 1092 in your pew Bible. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was, going, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is the word of the Lord. Buenos dias. <laughs> I was wondering how you'd respond. Thank you. <laughs> it is a pleasure to be here this morning delivering the word, or rather a meditation, I would say, on response to God's word, and hopefully it will edify all of us. Um, I'm just going to jump right in if that's okay. So we just read, or just heard, um, the story in Acts chapter 3, and in thinking about this passage and what it could possibly say to us, I am reminded of a time when I am six years old, standing outside in the cold, waiting for the church doors to open. My parents come from Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico. And we lived in New York when I was young, but eventually made our way to Grand Rapids to find an easier life, something less expensive, something a little more accessible for my parents in terms of raising a family. And while my 
father's very intelligent, well-read, and studied business in Dominican Republic, coming to the United States and experiencing extreme cultural barriers and language barriers, it was difficult for him to find the job and provide for his family. And so when we arrived at Grand Rapids, it was challenging for us to find stability. And I remember at one point, I am about six years old, standing outside on a weekday, waiting for the church doors to open in our neighborhood. So we lived in the Burton Heights community. We were looking for food and clothing. And we were standing outside of this church that was known to open its doors to welcome people in to provide some sort of assistance. And this was a pattern that we had fallen into as we were waiting for um, jobs to come through, for stability to make its way into our home. And so every now and then we would come to this church and wait outside. On this particular day, it's cold. I'm standing behind my mother and I'm watching all the cars on the street go by. It's not that there weren't staff folks in the church that could have welcomed us in, but there was just a designated time when the doors would be open for the public. And perhaps someone would say you should be grateful that there was anything available to you at all, and indeed we were. But whenever I think of one of the most embarrassing moments of my life, I think about this moment when I am standing outside behind my mother with my sisters waiting for the church doors to open. It's cold. People are staring at us as they drive by. And I remember feeling this profound sense of something that I later identify as a loss of dignity as we wait simply to be able to enter and step inside this building where we could receive some warmth, where people would stop staring at us at the poor people, the poor immigrants collected outside of this building of worship. We come to this passage in the book of Acts where essentially we are entering a story that deals with God's power, God's miracle deliverance, and also a sense of dignity and worth or lack thereof. There is a man that is carried to the gates of worship on a regular basis. He is a lame beggar from birth. In other words, he never had the opportunity to walk before. He doesn't know what it's like to be able to carry himself with strength and the ability to, to independently decide what his day will look like. From childhood, from infancy, he has been completely dependent on others. He is dependent on them for food, to be able to go from one room to the next in whatever place he called home. He is dependent on others for financial stability, for a sense of being worthy of anything at all. And every day he is carried into the city and he waits outside of the gate 
and the one thing that he can do for himself is wait outside of the gate, laying on the ground, begging for change as people go to and fro into the city, out of the city, into the place of worship, and out of the place of worship. He is begging for change. And in a culture where he is devalued and in a sense dehumanized because of his inability to take care of himself, because he is deformed, because he is not independent. Some people perhaps look at him as they go in. They're used to seeing him there. Some might give him change and some might ignore him altogether, but this is his life. He is begging for change every day. He's begging for change. And every so often, someone drops a few pieces of silver or whatever the money is for the day into whatever vessel he has to collect said money. This is all he gets when what he really needs is change. Peter and John are on their way to worship. I want you to imagine them with me walking through the streets of Jerusalem. They're walking on cobblestone steps and dusty roads. They're going behind alleys and marketplaces, and they are slowly making their way to the place of worship and the hour that is designated for worship. They don't have a specific plan for the day. They just know that this is something that they do. And perhaps they might have some intentions to share the gospel or or talk about Jesus with those that might be meeting there, but more than likely, they're probably just ducking around, maybe testing out a little bit what the courage and the power of the Holy Spirit might look like having just received the blessing of Pentecost. And they're making their way through the city. They come to this gate, and there is this man that is there laying on his side, begging for change. And most people just walk right on past into their place of worship. A few others drop some money. And they come to this man, and he asks them for change. He asked them for just a little bit of charity. Just a little bit for him to continue making his way through this life that is already hard and difficult for anyone, but more so for him. And Peter, Peter looks at this man and says to him, I don't have any silver or gold. Maybe he's patting his pockets, feeling through his robe, trying to find anything, and he says, no, I really don't have anything at all to give you except this. 
in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. This isn't what the man expected at all. It's not what he was looking for. In fact, he was used to nobody saying anything to him at all. People would probably drop money and stay away from him if they could, not wanting to be, uh, become clean, uh, unclean or dirty or de- defiled before coming into the place of worship. But Peter looks at this man in the eye. He talks to him like a human being, like someone who bears the image of God. He speaks to him in a way that has authority and power. And the man gets so excited that someone is saying anything to him at all that he looks expecting and waiting for something grand and big. And all Peter has to offer are these words and blessings in the name of Jesus. There are folks waiting outside of the gate. There are folks waiting to be welcomed into the place of worship. People that have been waiting outside for so long, waiting to be included, to be brought in, to experience real change, and they've been so disillusioned for so long that they really don't expect much more at all than just a few pennies, a few nickels, a few handouts, and just a wave hello as we go about our day, as we go about our Sunday, our Sunday worship. My church had the blessing to participate in uh, the Pride Festival that took place downtown. And I say it was a blessing because it was the first time that we were, as a community of faith, able to be in that space together. We had a booth. We had little giveaways. We were just happy to be there and show support to the community that has been waiting outside of the gate for such a long time. And I remember as I'm walking around, I step away from the booth and I'm just kind of taking it all in, seeing who's there, seeing people walk around with their flags or, or with their rainbow swag. And that day I'm wearing a t-shirt that says, this pastor loves you with pastor written in rainbow colors. At the head of the gate, the literal gate where people are coming in, There are a group of protesters with Bible verses and signs that speak less about the love of Christ and more about condemnation and hurt and rejection. And as I'm walking away from this entrance, coming back to the booth, someone waves me down and says, hey, hey, and I don't even realize this person is talking to me at first. They continue to wave and say, hey, thank you. Thank you for wearing that shirt. And so I just go ahead and walk up to this person, and we begin to dialogue a little bit. And so they begin to tell me about 
how they've been kicked out of their place of worship, how they've been left outside of the community that has been their source of strength and community for most of their childhood and youth because they came out and they spoke about who they are, not looking for anything more than just being honest. And because of this sense of honesty and desire to be truthful about what they feel inside, they were rejected, kicked out, left outside, and told that they are not welcome. And in that moment, we had this exchange of hurt and pain and loss of dignity. All I could offer in that moment was a prayer, a reassurance that God indeed does love them and welcomes them to be a part of the community of faith. It might not look like what he expected, but God is indeed a God of love. So many times we leave folks at the gate, sometimes intentionally or unintentionally. Our programs have certain parameters. Our style of worship has certain requirements. Our theology and our praxis say certain things have certain rules, and all the while we leave folks outside of the door that are longing to belong and be a part of the community of God, to be welcomed in, to be received, to be brought to the table, to participate in the grace that is extended to everyone, and not just the folks that we feel comfortable with. Peter looks at this man and says, silver and gold I do not have. And Peter doesn't talk to him about the theological parameters of what happens within the temple. Peter doesn't talk to him about the rules that need to be followed. Peter simply says, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. And before the man has an opportunity to respond, because I don't know about you, but had I been that guy, I would have said, hey, bro, like, I appreciate (laughs) what you're saying to me. It sounds really great and nice, Um, but actually, if you could just give me a couple of dollars, that might be more helpful than whatever you have to say. But before Peter can talk to, or before he can ask questions or, or respond, before questions about church hurt and rejection and all sorts of things, Peter grabs this man by the hand and the power of the Holy Spirit becomes active in that act of human connection where most people would have at best thrown some money at this man but not want to become unclean. Peter grabs this man by the hand and he pulls him up. And before he can think about the fact that he can't walk, his ankles are strengthened. His legs are strengthened. 
and he finds that he has not only the ability to walk, but the ability to run, and not just to run, but the ability to jump and praise God. And so he runs into the temple and begins to praise the Lord with all that he has, with everything that has been waiting inside of him to be able to fully participate in the community of the people of God. And the people just stand around and are in wonder and are amazed. They don't even know what to do. They're so confused. No one jumps in and praises God with him. They simply stand back and watch him do what he's doing. And yet it doesn't stop him. He's praising God. He is rejoicing. Because whether or not they have come to understand it, the reality is this. The Holy Spirit has become active in this man's life. He is a part of God's community. And he is experiencing the transformative power of God for the first time. He has been begging for change his entire life. And he finally got the change that he needed that someone would pull him up on his feet and bring him inside the door. The way is paved after this man walks inside, after he begins to praise God, for Peter and John to begin to speak to a people that have been stubborn, to a people that have ignored those who have been hurting, to those who have been waiting for the kingdom of God to be revealed in such a particular way that they have been completely missing what God is doing right then and there. We have the same opportunity today. We have the same opportunity Now, I'm not going to tell you to go around pulling people up by the hand without their permission, especially in times of COVID and and telling them to to run and jump and praise God. That's, That's not the point here. I'm not asking you to go and perform miracles of physical healing. But there is a principle here that says to us that there's someone who has been waiting, that there are people who have been waiting to be welcomed into the kingdom. And God is inviting us to participate in that work. And we might not have all the silver or gold or all the resources we think we need to have to do this work, but this we do have, the power of the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that is active and gives dignity and worth to all of us. All of us who have lived in sin, all of us who have experienced brokenness, all of us who have been rejected, because Christ is not only in the center of the temple, but he also resides outside of the gate. Christ who has also been rejected and cast out, the cornerstone that was ignored becomes our net of safety, the one that pulls us up because as he is lifted on the cross, our lives are transformed and we all become a new community 
a community that experiences the dignity that God gives us in a way that we could never do for ourselves. And that same grace we're able to extend to others that need to feel a touch from God. I'm sure many of you are aware of this, but several weeks ago, when the CRC denomination was having its synod meeting, and there was discussion and talk about how to welcome the queer community in, if at all, there was a group gathered outside outside of doors that were locked. And they had rainbows and were armed with flags and a guitar. And where hope might have given to despair, we were able to witness the people of God come together outside of the gate and sing they will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. They will know we are Christians by our love. My friends, family, they will know we are Christians by our love. Let us go out of the doors together to bring not dignity to others because they already have that, but simply to be active agents in showing what Christ can do in welcoming people into God's kingdom to restore hope And where brokenness seems eternal, to know that Christ is the great healer that gives us all the worth that we need. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for the name of Jesus. There is no name above the name of Christ All things in heaven and on earth and beneath the earth must bow to the name of Jesus. And so we do so, God, humbly, knowing that that name has been given as a gift to us, not for something to keep to ourselves or not as something to keep to ourselves, but to be your servants, to go out and share the power of your name, to welcome those in who have been waiting for so long for someone to simply say, come and join us. Give us the grace we need, O God, and we know that we have it. So let us walk in that grace, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.